Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. This morning on Michiana's Morning News, uh, Laura Smith was talking about the event that she was at with me last night. It was a good event put on by Indiana Call to Action. That's I-N call to action.com. They are, in my opinion, the best and most active local organization in putting on events for conservatives in the area. And they're, they're constantly having these really cool events. There's always a couple hundred people there and it's just, um, it's a lot of fun. And I've been privileged enough to be a part of a lot of those events. They bring in people from the heritage foundation and stuff like that. It's just really, really cool organization to be a part of. And they put on an event last night where there were two speakers, myself, and then there was Commissioner Brad Rogers, former sheriff of Elkhart County, and he gave a great speech, fantastic speech. So it was a great event, but I got some messages from people who said that what I was saying was like an entire show, and they liked what I had to say, and they recommended that I translate that into radio and and so I, I figured I would go ahead and, and do that, at least in some capacity. Can't get through the whole thing, but in some capacity, I figured we would just, you know, get through some of it. And I started the speech with, you know, basic stuff and how many people have, have heard of the, the 45 Communist Goals. You know, there's always a lot of people in the room who have not heard of it. I've been talking about the 45 Communist Goals since the first day that I was on the radio over 18 years ago. And other people do it now. But when I started talking about it, like nobody knew who Cleon Skousen was. Nobody knew what the Naked Communist was. Nobody understood that the 45 Communist Goals were a thing or that they were published in 1958. And so I started with not all of them. I don't want to do the full thing, but I wanted to go ahead and run down about half of them because they were relevant to the discussion that I was talking about, which is how the government can abuse its power to target certain groups and individuals in a politically abusive situation. And that's where you get tyranny. And so that was what my portion of the talk was. Commissioner Rogers' portion was on the importance of local elections and preventing that sort of stuff from happening. So I started off with, okay, 45 communist goals. Let's just go over you know, some of those goals, okay? Permit free trade between all nations regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not the items could be used for war. And I think if you look at what we're doing with China, that's pretty obvious how that has hurt us. Provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. That's true. And we provide aid to terrorist countries and countries that are our enemies. Do away with all loyalty oaths. Capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming that their activities violate civil rights. Sound familiar, right? Gain control of schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Red for Ed, folks. How many teachers out there put on a red shirt and walked out of school? Red for Ed was started by a communist to push communism in public education. It wasn't a teachers should get paid more. That's not what it was. 
A lot of teachers thought that's what it was, but that's not what Red for Ed was about. Gain control of all student newspapers. Use student riots to foment public protest against programs or organizations which are under communist attack. BLM, Antifa, Occupy, all of these things. Infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, and policy-making positions. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Why? Because you can change the culture. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. What is happening in our schools right now? You listen to some of this stuff right now, and I know that you're like, wow, this, this is really awful. You have to remember, you know, somebody who worked for the FBI wrote this in 1958. Not last week, in 1958. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and the free press. Break down cultural standards of morality. Promote pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Like I said, what are they doing in school right now? Support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. Discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. Well, I mean, that's, heck, we got conservatives calling for abolishing and defunding the FBI right now. And a lot of people will be like, well, the FBI did that on their own. But remember, the FBI was infiltrated. They are on the cusp of accomplishing this. Infiltrate and gain control of more unions. Infiltrate and gain control of big business. Google. Meta. Amazon. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Sound familiar? What is Black Lives Matter's big movement, right? Folks, again, this was written in 1958. I should say published in 1958. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders which nobody but psychiatrists can understand or treat. What do psychiatrists do? Dole out medication. Discredit the family as an institution. Dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. What do you think the gender dysphoria argument is about right now? And last but not least, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition. That students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. Again, BLM, Antifa, etc., now, the reason I started with those is I wanted, wanted people to have a basic foundation of what I was about to go into. Now, again, my talk was about how governments start abusing their citizens by targeting groups and individuals. So I started off with the Nazis. 
before Hitler was Hitler. Now, again, I say that, excuse me, I say that because we know Adolf Hitler for being Adolf Hitler. But before he was the Adolf Hitler that we know, he was just some guy named Hitler. Hadn't killed any Jews, hadn't invaded any country yet. He's just some dude who fought in World War I. So we're going to start off before Hitler was Hitler. Next, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Go to MyPillow.com. You can get all sorts of cool stuff right now. The new My Towels are in stock. You can get the MyPillow 2.0. You can get yourself some robes, some winter jammies. You can start getting your Christmas presents all together. All of that, <clears throat> excuse me, all of that with the promo code Casey will get you huge discounts, sometimes over 50% off, depending on the item. All of that available at MyPillow.com right now. Again, promo code Casey at checkout, so you can unlock all of the discounts and the deals at MyPillow.com. All right, we left off before Hitler was Hitler. He was Chancellor of Germany. And shortly after becoming Chancellor of Germany, Germany passed the Enabling Act of 1933. This gave the Chancellor powers to make and enforce laws without the legislature or the president being involved. The checks and balances that the German government had in place were effectively bypassed and erased. So this would be an equivalent modern-day America of executive orders. The ATF or the FBI never being held accountable for lying to FISA courts and illegally surveilling people. Hitler also blamed the Reichstag fire on his political opponents and was able to implement the Reichstag fire decree, which removed most of the civil liberties of German citizens. Okay. You've seen January 6th compared to the Reichstag fire numerous times and with good reason. We now have ample evidence that what happened on January 6th was orchestrated not by Trump supporters, but by outside forces. Now, whether that's government, whether that is um, left-wing activists like Antifa, who have now said that they had hundreds of people in that crowd, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But it appeared to be orchestrated by not Trump allies, but Trump opponents. And they used January 6th, like they used the Reichstag fire, to go ahead and implement new rules, new laws, remove civil liberties from certain German citizens or American citizens in this case. And that's exactly where we're at right now. The Nazis were in many high-ranking positions in the German government when this happened, and they used the Reichstag fire degree, uh, decree excuse me, <clears throat> to persecute and eliminate their political rivals just like they did with January 6th, just like they did with the Whitmer kidnapping plot, just like they do with online censorship at the direction of our federal government today. The Nazis also used the death of Hearst Wessel. I probably butchered the name, but I don't care. He's a Nazi. They used his death to start peaceful protests. They martyred the guy, but these weren't peaceful protests. They were violent protests, or as I like to say, peaceful protests with violence. And they did this to project power and fear, just like they used 
the deaths of Michael Brown and George Floyd. And what did we learn about George Floyd this week? George Floyd had no evidence of asphyxiation or strangulation at all. He died of an overdose while he had COVID. Derek Chauvin did not kill George Floyd. And that's what the official court documents say. But people lied. And Derek Chauvin got sentenced to decades behind bars for something that he didn't do. The Nazis pressured the German government to fly their flag next to the German flag. Just like we fly the pride and BLM flags next to the American flag today on government buildings. By 1936, 97% of German teachers were members of the Nazi party. Now, the Nazis had their own teachers union, and they changed it to where they basically got schools to go with the new union, the Nazi union, and if you were not a member of the Nazi teachers union, you lost your job. So these Nazi teachers changed the curriculum. The curriculum turned into intense Nazi propaganda, and the classroom had been emblazoned with Nazi symbols and propaganda, just like we see in public schools today with BLM and pride flags. Joseph Goebbels led the Nazi Ministry of Propaganda and Public Enlightenment. Biden pushed to start the Disinformation Governance Board. They both do the same thing. The Nazis, like the Soviets, use fake news and the media to spread their message and brainwash the masses. Castro, by the way, did the exact same thing. Did you know that the New York Times wrote an article about Castro and the regime that Castro was opposed to, Batista, or Batiste, in February of 1957? Do you realize that many Cubans credit the New York Times with Castro's rise to power? Because that article basically lionized and made a hero out of Castro. The New York Times did that. Castro also used academics and so-called experts to fact-check his critics in the newspapers. We've talked about this on the show many times before. Castro was very effective at getting his allies in academia. These are well-respected professionals, right? But he would get them to write responses to Castro critics in the newspapers. And so people would read it, and they'd be like, oh, all of the regimes, all of the government's people have now been fact-checked by these experts in higher education. Just like we have today with our so-called fact-checkers. Currently, the federal government is throwing political opponents in prison for longer periods of time than serious violent felons. January 6th prisoners, fake Whitmer kidnappers, and Douglas Mackey. Now, we've talked about Douglas Mackey. If you don't remember who Douglas Mackey is, he used to go on Twitter by, um, was it, uh, the Ricky Vaughn. Now, Douglas Mackey had a funny social media account where he posted memes, and he posted some memes about Hillary Clinton and the election. He's now been sentenced to prison for posting a meme about Hillary Clinton in the United States of America. The Canadian government wants to increase opinion monitoring under the guise of reducing so-called misinformation. The Canadian government, which of course spread misinformation about truckers. The FDA is funding pre-bunking research to fight so-called misinformation. 
The World Health Organization says that misinformation undermines faith in our institutions. Do I need to remind you that the World Health Organization is the same organization that lied to the world and said COVID could not be spread from person to person weeks after they already knew that it could? The UK government is surveilling social media of teaching assistants and librarians. We already know that in the UK they monitor their citizens and their citizens don't have the same free speech that we have. But why is the government of the UK so interested in surveilling the social media of teaching assistants and librarians? I wonder what that's about. Yeah, more on this coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. Got to check in on Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel and the all-new MNC Nation. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank you all for tuning in? You can follow me on your favorite social media network at Casey the Host. I'm really active on Truth Social, Telegram, Instagram, and of course X, which is formerly Twitter. We're going over some of the stuff that I discussed in a speech last night. A lot of people said that it would be worthy of the radio show, and I figured I would just take an opportunity today while I had some time and kind of go over it and uh, do with the information what you will. My talk was about how governments turn on certain citizens and groups of people and become tyrannies. We left off with the United Kingdom is actively surveilling social media of teaching assistants and librarians. China is testing the forcing of users of social media to reveal their real names, which effectively ends online privacy in China. U.S. Senator Michael Bennett actually wants to implement the European Union censorship standards in the United States in order to fight, quote, misinformation. Again, what is misinformation? Misinformation is whatever they disagree with, even if it's correct. The Department of Homeland Security funds an anti-terror initiative right now with your taxpayer dollars that links Christians and Republicans to Nazis. YouTube is going to begin boosting so-called credible news sources in their YouTube Shorts feature. Why? Because YouTube was so desperate to get YouTube Shorts off the ground as a competitor to TikTok that they really allowed YouTube Shorts to get lots of traction. So if you were a conservative and you posted content on YouTube Shorts, guess what? You got a lot of attention. You got a lot of views. You got a lot of likes. You got a lot of subscribers. So now that the YouTube Shorts platform is established, YouTube is going to begin boosting so-called credible news, which probably includes everybody who told you that Israel blew up a hospital in Gaza. Those are going to be credible news sources. And people like me who pointed out that Hamas is probably lying about the hospital like they did in 2014, we will get de-boosted. This is why you need a Rumble account. Watch YouTube for your comedy, your DIY, your little kitty cat videos. If you want serious content, you need to be on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Hit that subscribe button now. Apple has just canceled Jon Stewart's show, allegedly over his criticisms of artificial intelligence and China. Apple did. Jon Stewart is still considered, right, 
one of the heroes of the left. But John Stewart criticized China. You can't do that. Democrats in Washington, D.C. are actually demanding that Amazon take proactive measures to ensure Amazon's Alexa system does not provide, and I quote, false claims about the 2020 election. Folks, this happened last week. Amy Klobuchar and other Democrats wrote a letter to Amazon demanding that Alexa be modified to not provide false claims about the 2020 election. They did this after the Washington Post wrote a whole article about it saying that Alexa cited sources from Substack and Rumble. So once again, if they don't want you on Substack and they don't want you on Rumble, guess where you need to be? You need to make sure you're on Substack and you better make sure you're on Rumble. Substack is a place for independent journalists to write articles and columns and that sort of thing. The Twitter files exposed the federal government directing social media to censor content, even content that was true. And Mark Zuckerberg has admitted that Facebook did censor accurate posts for political reasons. We have the internal emails from Twitter executives before Elon Musk owned Twitter, where we have government officials ordering Twitter to censor certain accounts and certain posts. And we have the the interaction between Twitter executives saying, hey, this is wrong, and the stuff that's being posted is not even inaccurate. Are we really going to remove this stuff? And guess what? Twitter, even though their internal communications say that they disagreed with what was happening and that the posts that were being censored and removed were telling the truth, that they were going to do it anyway because, because of ideological solidarity. The director of national intelligence has now been sued for online censorship records because the DNI was intimately involved in ordering social media platforms to censor certain Americans. So now we got to get into COVID. COVID taught them how far they can go and what tools would be used by the masses to resist their tyranny. That's what COVID did. A lot of people say COVID was a trial run. They're not wrong. So they used COVID and they said, how far can we push this? And how will the other side resist what we're doing? So now they're redoubling their efforts so they can fix the flaws in their plan before they make their final move. Why did so many medical professionals push the jabs without any real evidence that they worked after the first round? Why did they do that? Money. Incentive programs. There was an incentive program to list people as COVID positive. We even had a top health official in Indiana say that that wasn't real. And then I proved that that person was lying to you by pulling up the Indiana government's incentive program, which in fact gave a bonus if you found a COVID positive individual in your practice. You got paid to list people as COVID positive. Whether you had COVID or not, it didn't matter. Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield has an incentive program for providing the vaccine. Right now, to this day, Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield paid $50 to doctors per vaccine jab given. Now, the average number of patients, some of you might be thinking, ah, it's just 50 bucks, it's not a big deal. 
you don't have to worry about your doctor doing that. Okay, 50 bucks is 50 bucks, I guess, but maybe it doesn't mean a lot to a doctor. But when you factor in the fact that the average family physician sees around 1,800 patients a year, if you vaxxed half of them, that doctor gets a bonus of $45,000. If you vax 75% of them, you get a $75,000 bonus for the year. Hey, that's more than most people are making. That's not a bad bonus. An FBI surveillance contractor infiltrated chat rooms to monitor skeptics of the COVID vaccines. Why is the FBI monitoring skeptics of COVID vaccines? What's the FBI's role in that? It's a great question. More on this coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel in the all-new MNC Nation. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson, continuing with a little bit from my speech last night at the Indiana Call to Action event. Uh, Just some of the information that I went over last night with people. We left off at the FBI, had a surveillance contractor infiltrate chat rooms in order to monitor skeptics of the COVID vaccine. Seems like a dramatic waste of time for the FBI. The FBI should not be monitoring people who don't want to get vaccinated, but lo and behold, the FBI did. The CDC is going to change the way that you get data on their website in the future. We've talked about this on the show several times. They're actually going to hide research and make it more difficult to find that research on their website so that they can more easily control the narrative. See, people like me were a bit of a nuisance during COVID. When the CDC said something and I go, okay, well, let's just go to the CDC's website and see if what the CDC is telling people is accurate. And on the CDC's website, the CDC has published information that contradicts what they just told everybody on the nightly news. And so I'm like, okay, well, the CDC said this previously. Why are they changing their opinion on it now? This is what their own research shows. This is what published research on the CDC's own website says. And it says that what the CDC is telling you right now is wrong. So they're going to make it more difficult for people like me to access that information so that they can control the public relations narrative in the future. The CDC is also funding a behavior change project. Now, the Behavior Change Project is going to target vaccine critics. Anybody want to guess where the funding for the project is coming from? Come on. Just to yourself, loud, in your cubicle, at work, whatever. Where is the CDC getting funding for the Behavioral Change Project that is going to target vaccine critics? Brought to you by Pfizer, folks. That's right. Pfizer is funding the project. When incentives and censorship and misinformation and fear don't work, the government decided to change course and force you to take whatever medicine they want whenever they want you to take it. An FDA official was captured on camera by Project Veritas in 2021 saying that African Americans should be blow darted to force them to get the COVID vaccine. Okay? I'll let that just emanate with you for a little bit. Why use blow darts and racist tropes, though, when you can just crop dust the entire population? An aerosolized COVID vaccine has been created, and Yale has now begun human trials 
for airborne mRNA vaccines. We are going to get to a point, folks, where they are going to just crop dust the population with an aerosolized vaccine, and there isn't a single thing that you can do about it to avoid it. It's going to be everywhere. They're creating vaccines that will jump from person to person like a virus. And if the vaccine happens to be bad or dangerous, oh well, you will not have had a choice but to take it because they're just going to spray it on your head as if you were a a piece of corn in a field. You will have no choice about what medicine you take in the future. None. And I also wanted to talk to you about digital IDs because this is important. A lot of people are not all that concerned about digital IDs and that sort of thing. And, and okay, it's, it's fine. But I want you to just bear with me here. So the Gates Foundation is pushing for global digital ID. They are currently using Kenya as a testing ground. Because, of course, rich white liberals love using Africa as a proving ground. The digital ID will track you throughout your day. It will completely wipe out any notion of privacy that you thought you had. That's all gone. But don't worry. I don't want you to worry about this. The Gates Foundation and the government says that they're going to take your privacy and security super seriously, guys. Now, of course, they said the same thing with the warrantless surveillance programs in the United States. Turns out that those were a lie, too. The United Nations, by the way, loves this idea. They're developing a program right now to urge governments to push digital IDs on their citizens from the moment of birth. Now, many people out here who are listening to the show right now are going, I'm not going to go along with this. See, you're these pesky people who just will not get a digital ID, right? Well, I've got some good news for you. Several countries have moved to make SIM card activation linked to your digital ID. In other words, you will not be able to use a cell phone or a mobile device without a digital ID. Countries like Italy are removing the option of using your standard paper ID for activation of your SIM card. It will get to the point where if you want to function in society, you will willingly and voluntarily turn over whatever information the government wants. And you will actually get a digital ID or else you can't have a cell phone. You can't have a tablet. You won't be able to use the GPS in your car. Now, let me ask you a question. Well, I'll ask you a question in a second. I want to to address this other part first because I think this is important too, and I don't want to skip over it. If you're not able to use a cell phone without a digital ID, so the digital ID is now tied to your SIM card and your cell phone, this gives the government plausible deniability. So if the government goes, no, 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 we respect your privacy, we're not going to track you with your digital ID. That's a right-wing conspiracy. They don't need to use the digital ID to track you because now your digital ID is linked to your SIM card and your phone. So they can have the cell phone company track your phone, which they already do anyway with location services. So then the government, anytime they need to know where you've been or what you're doing, they go to the cell phone company and they go, hey, this, uh, this guy right here, we need to know everything that they've been doing. And they can track anybody. And you have really no choice. And I have to ask this, how long before we have digital ID to register your brand new electric vehicle that has the remote shutoff? 
Let's not forget that Biden passed a law that would allow the government to shut off vehicles that are manufactured in the future. They're going to have this kill switch installed. They already have this installed on electric vehicles. So pretty soon, you're going to have to have a digital ID in order to register your brand new car. So you're never going to be able to get away with it. You not only won't be able to have a cell phone or a tablet, you won't be able to have a car unless you have a digital ID. Well, no worry, I'll take public transportation, which is, of course, what they want you to do at 15-minute cities. But what happens if you can't get on a public transportation uh, mode of travel without a digital ID? Let's not forget that the government doesn't want you to drive so much. They want to reduce the amount that you drive. An official in Luxembourg has proposed shutting vehicles down and not allowing personal travel one day in the middle of the week and not at all on the weekends, forcing people into public transit. Never forget this stuff. And your kids and grandkids, they were born with this technology in their hands. You and I were not. You know, somebody asked me after my speech and said, you know, what happens if before we get to that point, though? Yeah, our kids will fall for it. But what about us? At what point do we say enough is enough? And that that is a question that I leave for you today. When is enough enough? Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, let me know what you think of the idea of doing a show, like a, a live action discussion about the history of Israel with some experts. Uh, we're looking at maybe putting that together. So let me know what you think of that. Tag me on social media and say yay or nay. And if you have any suggestions for experts to join us, that would be awesome. You folks have yourself a wonderful night. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Podcasts by Federated Media.